the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Are you ever reading the Bible and you come across the Scripture and it seems reminiscent of another part of Scripture? Well, I think that's a common thing because the Bible agrees with itself. Hi, Alex McFarland here. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 7 here in just a minute. And Bert Harper is with me, and this is Exploring the Word. And Bert, as I was reading in Proverbs 7, it begins, My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. And it goes on, it says, Keep my commands and live, make my law like the apple of your eye, bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart, make wisdom as close as your sister. It kind of reminded me of back in the book of Deuteronomy when God is giving his law to ancient Israel, Deuteronomy 11 and other scriptures. Um, It says, You'll store these words in your heart, in your soul, bind them uh, on your hand, keep them fixed before your eyes, place my words in your heart. Uh, That's what it's saying here in Proverbs 7, isn't it? That the the Word of God, the truth of God, it, it needs to be just a part of who we are. It does, and again, it just is beautiful, and I, I thought about that as well. You you were talking about uh, how it reminds you of scriptures. When I saw that treasure of your commands, I thought of Second Corinthians 4. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know, he has written it on our heart uh, over there again and again, scriptures. That's the reason reference Bibles are so wonderful. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily the comments that reference Bibles make. But uh, like the Bible that I'm using right now, Alex, uh, I look at this and it says you can go to Leviticus 18.5, Deuteronomy 6.8, and you can run references that give you a little bit evidence. Your mind goes there, but a reference Bible will help you as well. And so this is where you have the Word of God, again, agreeing with itself. But it's let me just say this. It's kind of like compound interest. Uh, when you have compound interest and you're drawing on it, it it elevates interest. It's not simple interest. The Word of God is compounded uh, yeah. through the power of the Holy Spirit reminding you of, of scriptures that are elsewhere. And one more thing before we start uh, looking at chapter 7 and chapter 8. I've noticed this, and I want to see if you agree. You don't. Uh, you, I think it's true. Wisdom. And how that is compared to, uh, I would say, the wisdom of keeping true to your spouse. No adultery. In other words, if you have wisdom, immorality won't be a part of your life purposeful. Uh, Wisdom keeps you in tow with marriage and family and the bounds that God has for you. Uh, I looked at that in Proverbs, especially these first few chapters that we've read, and they go they just run parallel with one another. Wisdom gives you what you need if you'll obey that uh, in order to keep yourself pure with uh, the, I would say, the, the wife of your youth. That's the way the book of Proverbs yeah. explains it. Do you see that Be- parallel? Yeah, because breaking that uh, bond would be very unwise, you know? 
uh, living according to your vows and living according to God's righteousness, that is very wise. And again, it goes back, it says, um, say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin. Now, make wisdom as close as a relative, you know, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice, I saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths, a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house. So here's, at least as I can tell, for about the first time in the book of Proverbs, what you and I would call a sermon illustration, you know? There have been a lot of um, Proverbs is what we call propositional statements. Now, a proposition is a truth claim, like Jesus is Lord. That's a truth claim. And uh, all propositions are either true or false. Well, Jesus is Lord. That's truth. He really is. And, you know, uh, Proverbs, like we read in chapter 6, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will will come on you like a thief. And that is true. That's right. But for the first time, really, this thing of looking out the window and observing, they're giving an example of of a young man who was devoid of understanding going to do something immoral. And it is it is kind of like a, a sermon illustration, and it talks about in verse 13 that she caught him, kissed him, and with an impudent face, in other words, a face devoid of wisdom and righteousness, uh, and deceives him. And so uh, th- this is, uh, you can preach through it. And let me encourage, Bert, I know we have a lot of Sunday school teachers and youth leaders and preachers that listen uh, teach your people Proverbs. And, you know, I know with really young children, you might not want to get too uh, in-depth on some of the moral things that it says, but I think there's meat and truth here for for people of every age group, don't you? I do, and what you just said is so true. I, I want to look back at chapter 6, verse 32, and then do what you just said concerning chapter 7. Now, here's the statement. Verse 32, whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Then in chapter 7, especially starting at verse 6, it gives you how that happens. It is that, it is that illustration. It is that word picture. And it tells you how it can do and how attractive it is. Uh, she spread her bed with tapestry, with Egyptian linen. Verse 17, I perfume my bed uh, then she says, my husband is not at home. Come on in. Again, that is what it is saying. And here uh, the scripture is saying this is how it happens. Avoid it. Pass not by it. You remember that scripture we said earlier? Don't go near it. And here is this young man passing close. He, first of all, he's out at night. He didn't need to be kind of prowling around. Then yeah, he goes yeah. to a, a community that he didn't need to go to. He goes by a house that he certainly did not need to go to. And so all of this is happening, as you said, as an illustration of showing how it can happen and how it would. Uh, but notice this in verse 22. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter. What a word picture, Alex. Mm. Uh, in, in other words, here's the yeah. warning. This is what you don't want to do, but this is how they do it. And if you do it, this is what's waiting on you. An ox goes to the slaughter. 
That's that's pretty uh, a pretty graphic word picture, isn't it? Well, it it really is, and uh, you know, like you said, a man out, you know, after dark, and my grandmother would always say, "Nothing good happens after midnight." <laughs> um, and uh, you know, if we were ever out late, uh, I had a very godly grandmother, both of them on my mom's side and my dad's side, but. If we were ever out late when I was little, it'd get to be nine thirty, ten o'clock, and my grandmother Joy, she'd say, "It's time we were getting home." You know, <laughs> didn't want to be out too late. But um, you know, here's the thing: sin often comes dressed up with appealing uh, lures around it, and lure is a good word because if you do any fishing, you know that within a lure is a hook. But it says, "She caught him and kissed him." I have peace offerings. Uh, today I've paid my vows. In other words, there's nothing wrong with what we're about to do. There's nothing wrong with it. I came to meet you. I've spread my bed with tapestry, covered coverings of Egyptian linen. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill of love until morning. Let us del- delight ourselves with love. For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. Okay, that, if if nothing else would have given the the tempted one a wake-up call, uh, verse 19, my husband is not at home. Now, you referenced chapter 6. Go back to verse 34. For jealousy is a husband's fury. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Um, Let me say, uh, the Bible says that the Lord ponders our ways, and you don't want to be under the judgment of God. You don't want to be under the judgment of a jealous husband either. I mean, (laughs) there's a lot of a... Um, I'm from the South, and uh, sometimes people say things kind of frankly. There's a lot of uh, um, cheating men that have died of lead poisoning down South. You know what I mean, <laughs> I, I got that. I got that. Yes. And listen, verse 21 is so important. Listen to this. Young men and also young women listen to the men who try to do this. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield with her flattering lips, she seduced him. Now, you can reverse that. It could be with his enticing yeah. speech, with his flattering lips. And and so this is this is important because look at verse 24, because we've, we've been asked, why does it talk about the son and uh, the daughter and, and so forth? But look, now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Again, this is advice on both sides. Uh, both boys and girls, men and women. So he says to her, these enticing speech, this flattering lips, Alex, uh, be careful with smooth talkers, you know? Mm -hmm. Be careful with uh, promises made that are unrealistic. Uh, That's true with, uh, in in the area of marriage, uh, in relationships, it's true in the area of finance, Uh, It's true, and that is what is taught here. Wisdom gives you the capacity to make these judgments and see it. Now, again, when do you stop? Well, first of all, he shouldn't have been out at night. Secondly, Mm -hmm. he shouldn't have been in that area of town. Thirdly, he shouldn't be passing by that woman's street. And then, like you said, when he heard the words, my husband is out of town, he, you yeah. know, he should never have gotten that right far. there. Yeah, yeah. But so no matter if you're, let, let's just be very honest with some people who may be listening. If you're being enticed, you've been flattered by someone. 
talking to you and building you up and it makes you feel better makes you feel like somebody cares be careful who's doing that be careful and and take it and ask god to give you wisdom on what people are saying uh that's i think that's what proverbs is about trying to get us wisdom so that these decisions that we make are wise rather than foolish alex well, you know, when I read that, I think about uh, Genesis 39, and you and I, over the last decade, a time or two, we've gone through the book of Genesis, but Potiphar's wife, uh, Joseph, and, and I know, look, sometimes it's the men that are trying to lure somebody into sin, and sometimes it's the woman, and sometimes it's 50-50, I suppose, you know, but um, Joseph, uh, he ran. He didn't, uh, you know, slowly, carefully try to talk through it, rationalize. Look, when you realize you're being tempted and there's a snare and so many things are at stake, your your relationship with the Lord, your relationship with others, your family, your spouse, your testimony, your future, you know, I, I think um, sin has, has financially, spiritually, relationally, I mean, in so many ways— Sin has brought down so many people. And uh, Joseph, in Genesis 39, he, he ran from it. Here's another comparison, uh, as. Now, that, that word is a simile, a comparison. Immediately he went after her, verse 22, as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction stocks. Um, if we're willing to... The scriptures speak vividly to us right here, don't they? They do. Verse 27, her house is the way to hell. What a statement. Get wisdom in all you do. Get wisdom so you'll know how to say no. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary. She's the spokesperson for the executive branch of the U.S. federal government, speaking on behalf of the president and his administration. Ephesians 4.29 reminds us of the importance of our words. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Jen Psaki as she represents the President. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Dr. Tony Evans says well-meaning believers can sometimes do more spiritual harm than good when they lose sight of an important truth. He'll tell us about it today as we spend two minutes with Tony. When my uh, second son, Jonathan, began playing basketball, I remember an occasion when Jonathan intercepted a pass that was being uh, passed to one of the other team's teammates. And I remember the excitement as he made his way down the court to score two points. The only problem was he went the wrong way and he wound up scoring for the enemy. Now, he didn't mean to do it, but the problem was he got confused and turned around so that inadvertently he was playing for the other side. Today, I would like to suggest there are a lot of confused Christians 
who are belonging to the home team of Jesus Christ but scoring for the enemy team because they've gotten confused with all the cultural noise, civic chaos, public calamity, mixed viewpoints. There is a disorientation that has occurred among God's people. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, my plans, not your plans, as high as the heavens are above the earth. What you want and what I want won't always be the same. In fact, what I want and what you want, you may not always like. Whenever your word contradicts God's word, you're confused. The Bible teaches us that the key to understanding Scripture is a personal relationship with God. Learn what that means and how it can change your life when you visit TonyEvans.org and click on the link that says Jesus. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert and Alex with you. We're in the book of Proverbs. We thought it was in 2022 a great book to start with. And uh, so far this week in the fourth day, uh, it sure hasn't been disappointing to me. And in chapter 8, our Proverbs, I think you'll see a picture of Jesus more clearly than any other of the chapters we've gone through. It's going to talk about wisdom but it talks about that wisdom being there when creation took place. And then it finishes up, and I'm going to read one of the last verses first and then go back. It's like reading the last part of the book and then going back yeah. and reading it. But look at verse 35, Alex. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains mm. favor with the Lord. What a statement. And when you read this and you get through it, uh, you can't help but know Jesus is that wisdom. He is the wisdom. And there's all scriptures in Corinthians and Hebrews that refers to the creation and the wisdom. And so whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor with the Lord. Today, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, what a day to come to him. You will find life, uh, real life. Uh, eternal life is not just a quantity. It's a quality, isn't it, Alex? Oh, my goodness, it is. And, uh, you know, we think about if you're a believer, when we die one day, we go to heaven. But listen, it's heavenly now to walk with Jesus, to have the Lord in your life, to guide you. And let me say this in chapter 8, does not wisdom cry out and understanding lift up her voice? You know, uh, it's personified as God and uh, eternal life and uh the righteousness of God, and we're going to talk more a little about righteousness here around about uh, verse uh, 8, but it's the Holy Spirit, too. I mean, you know, all of our lives, there's this inner voice telling us, do the right, avoid the wrong. Now, don't do that, you know, uh, be strong, resist. And Bert, I, I really think this wisdom 
that is part of the attributes of God, it includes this crying out, always calling us to God, to righteousness, to the right path, to turn from sin, to embrace the Lord Jesus for eternal life. Uh, it's the Holy Spirit working Amen. and trying to persuade us. And, uh, you know, we, it's not that God is ever trying to withhold any good thing or keep some pleasure from you or something like that. Uh, God is just trying to bless us and preserve us if we'll let him. <laughs> he desires I mean. to do that. That's his yes. will, and he wants. And again, I agree with you, Alex. Listen to those words. You already read verse 1, does not wisdom cry out? Then verse 4, to you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. Uh, that's part of the Holy Spirit drawing us. Now, notice who he draws. O oh, you simple ones, understand prudence. And to you fools, be of uh, understanding heart. If Another way to study Proverbs is going through and seeing the different categories of people. Now, again, it's a little harder, and you've got to look at it uh, pretty tough, but it talks about the simple ones, the kind of naive ones, and then it talks about the fools, the ones that just go on and just avoid all sense of knowledge they have. But it talks about the wise person talks about the wicked one, you know? So there are groups of people that you find in the book of Proverbs. Now, here's the question. Which group do you want to be in? Yeah. Yeah, do you want to be in that foolish group? Do you want to be in that simple? Now, what I mean is they're just so naive. They just go on and, oh, I meant to. It's kind of like uh, over in the New Testament. Uh, I'll wait for a more convenient time. You almost persuade me to be a Christian. You know what I mean, Alex? Those yes. are, are words. But the wise person responds to God now. Today's the day of salvation. The wise person responds to God now, doesn't he? Well, absolutely. And you see these contracts. You simple ones understand prudence. You fools be of an understanding heart. So if, if we're simple, you know, God can make us wise. If we're foolish, God can give us understanding. Uh, now, here are these excellent things, verse 6. In other words, the good things and the, the beneficial things that are being offered to us. It says, my mouth will speak truth. Okay? That's one of the basic things is be honest. I mean, and, and God can help you in that regard. Be an honest person. And Bert, I'm not going to get us off track because I'm going to dig into the rich meat of Proverbs 8, but that's just a fundamental thing from toddlerhood up. I mean, and, and it may be one of the defining characteristics between a, a person of success or a person of failure is, are you an honest person? Now, I'm not talking about salvation. To be saved, you have to turn to Christ and be born again. But just to make it in life one of the fundamental, core, basic things, be honest. My mouth will speak truth. All the words of my mouth are righteousness. Nothing crooked or perverse is in them. That Proverbs 8.8 8 is just one of those things that uh, would to God that we all would aspire to, that our thoughts, because words come from our thoughts, that our words would be righteous because our thoughts and plans, our motives, our priorities would be righteous. See, Bert, let me say this, and then I want to throw it to you. So much of this goes throughout the, the entirety of who we are. It's a ripple effect. The, the, our priorities, 
our character, our morals, our accountability to God, our interaction with those around us. Um, it, it really is a ripple effect of the whole person, isn't it? It really is. And, and I think that is developed in, in Proverbs 8 because, as you said, uh, you talked about the mouth with righteousness. Uh, they are plain to him who understands. In other words, uh, the more you get into the Word, the more you'll understand people, situation, history, uh, evaluation of the past. And But notice this. Look at verse, verse 13. Yeah, well, let me get to verse 10 11. Listen to this. Yes. This is how valuable it is. Before he gets to the wisdom, he says, Receive my instruction, not silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. This is the wisdom. It's also talking about the wisdom we have in Christ because 13 says, I wisdom. I wis-. It kind of personalizes, yes. it, personalizes it, it, doesn't it? it? And, and quite literally, regarding God's truth, wisdom, uh, you know, he says, my son, my son, listen to me. The, the teacher here is saying, uh, what I'm giving you here is worth more than money. And, and it is, isn't it? Because listen, uh, we, we've, the world has seen plenty of wealthy reprobates. But, <laughs> yes. but you know what? I mean, you, you might not have a dime in your pocket, but if you've got God and a righteous character, you, you really are wealthy. Preach it, brother. Here, notice this whole, starting in verse 12, notice this and listen to the groupings. First, I wisdom dwell in prudence. Uh, the fear of the Lord is hating evil. Counsel is mine. I'm understanding. I'm strength. But look at 15. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By princes rule and nobles, all the judges of the earth. To have a wise person in leadership. Now, let's start from the very top downward to the king or the president of a nation. Wisdom. And all that getting, get wisdom. And then uh, the, those that work in government, those that are over the state, those that are over the county, those leaders in the church, the leaders in the home. The whole idea is God reigns. Let his wisdom be a part of what you are. Uh, notice riches and honor are with me, he says, and you're in riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. This is verse 19. And my revenue than choice silver. Alex, uh, the premium of wisdom here is presented. And again, I, I still think it's connected with, with God, connected, receive God. If any man like wisdom in the book of James, ask God. He gives it, and he gives this gift of Jesus Christ. Then the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and, and if we will obey him, feed on his word, are we going to have this wisdom that we need even in 2022? Oh, we can, because verse 17 says, I love those who love me. Listen, if you seek God, and James 1, 5 says this, and Jeremiah 29, 13, if you seek God, you truly seek the true and living God, you'll find him. And if you want to grow in wisdom, God will give it to you. And, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of people that have been blessed in a lot of ways. But um, honestly, Bert, I believe that the favor and the blessing of God and his guidance, I mean, it's like gravity. It'll work for anybody. I mean, it really will. And if you build your life on God's wisdom, and I don't, I don't just mean the 
opinion of man or platitudes or something like that, but I'm talking Scripture. If you give your heart to Jesus, the Savior, and you build your life on His Word, blessing will come to you. And let me just say one thing. In uh, verse 18, it says, Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. See, there, there's riches that does not endure, and there's fame that is very fleeting. But riches, true wealth from God, honor. And the word honor there is the word for glory. Do you know back in Philippians 3.19, do you remember it was talking about um, their their glory is their shame. I mean, the the people that um, in Philippians three eighteen, I've told you before that the enemies of the cross of Christ, Philippians three nineteen, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their belly. Their glory is in their shame. Bert, I saw a commercial the other day on some reality show. I don't know what it was, but it was uh, some I don't know some reality show. I've never seen it, but I saw this commercial. And, I mean, it was the, the most debauchery, and they, they were bragging about who was uh, cheating on whom, and they were just drunk. I mean, it was as debased as anything you could see. And uh, don't miss it, this show comes on a certain night, said the commercial. And I was thinking, their glory is their shame. Well, Proverbs 8 is saying, look, you can have true favor and, and honor, and it's with God and truth and righteousness, and he, he's eager to bless you with it Amen. if you're willing to turn to him. Amen. He wants to. Again, moving on, again, we could stay in each one of these quite a long time, but I, I did want to get to this part in 22 and following. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I've been established from everlasting from the beginning, before there was ever an earth, when there was no depths, I was brought forth. Verse 24 is that saying, when there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. While as yet I had not made the earth of the fields or the primeval dust of the world. Now listen to verse 27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, in other words, he was there. I love verse 29, when he assigned to the sea its limits. <laughs> Alex, uh, in creation, in every way, we see the wisdom. I could not help but think, you was talking about what does this remind you of other scriptures? It takes me back to Genesis chapter 1 uh, about the spirit moving over the face of the darkness, about we you know, the whole idea that God, the Trinity, was there. Uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit is all over Proverbs chapter 8, aren't they? Absolutely. And <clears throat> let me just uh, throw something out here about the word established. And this is so rich. Um, truth, you know, let, let's just call it wisdom. There's a lot here. Righteousness, truth, honor. I've been established from everlasting from the beginning. And the word there, established, it really means to flow out. In other words, truth flows out of the very nature of God. Scholars ask the question, is something right because God does it, or does God do it because it's right? Uh, well, in a way, it's both and, but righteousness flows out of who God is. 
lies, mistakes, evil could not flow out of the nature of God because to the very core, and we don't completely understand all this, but uh, truth and wisdom was there from the beginning, flowing out even from the creation because God is pervasively holy, righteous. He couldn't possibly do anything wrong. God couldn't possibly say anything untrue. That's one of the reasons that I really believe the Bible in its entirety, Bert, is because uh, God can't lie. And if, if God can't and won't lie, then his word can't and won't lie. Amen, you know? Alex. Amen. I, let me read this. I, we, time's fleeting. Uh, verse 30. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. Notice how this takes us all the way before creation, during creation, and now after creation. The delight, God is with them. And again, I, I, I don't want to miss out what he says in verse 35. Whoever finds me finds life. Alex, life is really in Jesus Christ. And along with him, the Holy Spirit taking up residence, the indwelling Holy Spirit brings this wisdom, this peace, this joy to your life. That is unspeakable and full of glory, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we get a little bit of insight into the mind of God here. Proverbs 8, um, I encourage you, read it. Uh, go with us through this trek at God's Book of Wisdom, and uh, you'll benefit. This is Exploring the Word. When we come back, we're going to take everybody's uh, Bible questions. The number, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Call us. And we'll continue after this break. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. The purpose of government is to secure God-given or inalienable rights to man. America's premier historian, David Barton. John Dickinson, who's also a signer of the Constitution, he said, an inalienable right is a right which God gave to you and which no inferior power has a right to take away. Wall Builders Live captures the ideas of the Founding Fathers and then applies those ideas to the issues of today. Sunday morning at 11.30 Central on American Family Radio. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Acts 17.26 conveys to us the reality that we were born and placed in the 21st century by God's specific design. He determined before time where we would live and when we would live there. If you're in Minnesota, Mississippi, or Maine, God put you there on purpose. He's not surprised by the darkness we see around us, nor is he caught off guard by it. In fact, he specifically prepared for it by making sure you're alive right now. God can do whatever he wants, but he's chosen to use you and me as ambassadors of his kingdom. We are his torches to light up the darkness. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with a minute in God's Word to help you keep moving forward. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus said, Look at the birds. They don't sow, they don't reap, they don't gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Someone has calculated that there are between 200 and 400 billion wild birds living on earth right now, and they have to eat every day, and God feeds every one of them, not just one day and not just one week. He feeds them 365 days a year, year after year after year. In these difficult days, remember, if God takes care of the birds, He will certainly take care of you. He'll meet every need you have every day of your life. He loves you, and you can trust Him to care for you. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You're my defender. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex and Bert, so honored that you're listening. And uh, we're going to go to the calls. And uh, Bert, I'm just wanting to remind everybody that we do have our youth camp this summer. The theme is Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview. It's going to be July 17th through 22nd. It's perfect for middle schoolers, high schoolers. It will fill up. We can only accommodate about 40 males and 40 females. It's going to be great. But we're going to, and Will and Mickey Addison are going to be there too. I wanted to mention Amen. that. But, Amen. Bert, I feel like it is imperative that we teach these young people how to know the Lord, how to walk with the Lord, and how to stand strong for their Christian faith. And that's why we do our biblical worldview camp every summer. Amen, Alex. How can they do that? Can they go to Alex McFarland uh, Just website? Go to my website, alexmcfarland.com. And uh, we have scholarships. We just. Everything you need. We just need youth groups and adult leaders to believe that we've got to pass on to the young people a love of God and country. And so it's our honor every summer. And I promise you, uh, all the kids will be saying at the end of the camp is, oh, my goodness, when is next year? (laughs) Amen. I love that. Hey, the number that you can call, we've got lines that are open, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. But while we're waiting on other calls, Seth from Michigan is called. Welcome, Seth. Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well Good. today. Hey, I recently switched to a new church, and I uh, really enjoy it. And, uh, um, good Bible teaching church, and um, yeah, I really like it. However, I come to find that they hold to a reform uh, view of eschatology, and I and I don't, and uh, I, I just. How important is is eschatology in the big scheme of things and as far as finding the right church? Because I look at the way the world's going, and to me there's a hope that the Lord's returning to it, especially with a sign of the times. And I can't have that conversation with these guys because they don't hold the same viewpoint. Hey, and I'll, uh, hang up, I'll, I'll hang up and I'll listen. Seth, thank you for calling. Listen, 
Uh, eschatology is one of those areas, Seth, and Alex, you have said it, you better have some grace. Uh, I, you and I have come up with three E's that you better have grace. One is early earth because some of our best friends and workers in the field uh, believe in an old earth. You and I are both new, new uh, young earthers. And the other is election. Uh, man, we've got friends that, uh, you know, they are there, and I'm not there with them, but we love one another. We love the word. And the other area is eschatology. Seth, uh, if I'm being fed in that area, uh, I can hold my thoughts. This is me personally, Alex. You may disagree. I can reserve my thoughts on eschatology uh, more thoroughly than I, I probably could if I'm being fed the Word of God in every other way. What about you, man? Well, uh, you're right, Bert. This is an area where we have to show grace. And uh, God bless you, sir, for being in church. And um, l- let me just say, what you believe about the end times will inform what you believe about certain other things, namely um, the the nation of Israel and things like that. And kind of three big areas where uh, there have been differences. Premillennialism, and, and that's what I am, although, you know, we, all true Christians agree that, you know, Jesus is coming back one day. And, and we don't burn any bridges over disagreements about some of the fine print. But, but I do, premillennialism, there's going to be a rapture, a tribulation, the battle of Armageddon, the return of Christ, a thousand-year millennium. I, I do believe in a literal thousand-year millennium, and Christ will return, uh, and his kingdom will be ushered in. Um, millennialism doesn't believe that there's a, a millennium, that it's uh, not literal, it's figurative. Postmillennialism says, well, the world will go on its way, and then after a thousand years of peace on earth, Christ comes back then. Um, let, let me just say this. None of us have all the answers. And Bert, while I do believe Jesus is literally coming back, I mean, the Bible is clear on that, you know, even some of us hardcore premillennialists might be in for some surprises <laughs> on how things play out. But uh, I do want to say this. About 10 years ago, I was on a radio show in South Carolina with uh, a wonderful Presbyterian pastor who was very Reformed, and he was Scottish, actually. And he said, as, as a Reformed Calvinist Presbyterian, didn't really believe that the modern state of Israel was prophetically significant, and of course I do, but we had wonderful fellowship. This was a godly man, but we disagreed on eschatology. But he surprised everybody when he said, he said, I'll admit, if you watch the news and world events, uh, the events of this world mean that premillennialism is probably the more likely truth. Now, that was a huge admission, you know, but uh, let me just say this. I, I could go to a Reformed church if they were right on the gospel and preaching salvation. I mean, I just when you go to a church, the core things about the authority of Scripture and the deity of Christ and the blood atonement on the cross, those are the non-negotiables. But um, like you say, Bert, on the end-time subjects, while we believe we, have, we all have our respective views, I think we've got to show grace, don't we? We do. And, and again, uh, the Word of God is sure, and it is powerful. It is accurate. But uh, Chuck, 
Colson, one of the greatest thinkers in our day, uh, he just said it. He didn't think anybody had it right. He says, I know the reason. We're men. And, and yeah. uh, yes, we have the Holy Spirit within us, and he is perfect, but he is using an imperfect person in me and you and, and you, Seth, and so have grace in that area. By the way, like I said, we got lines open, 888 You've been wanting to give us a call, but while we're waiting on those calls, we're going to go to North Carolina, the state of Alex McFarland, and talk to <laughs> Carolyn. Carolyn, welcome. Howdy. Howdy. Yeah, I like that. Howdy, howdy or howdy, either <laughs> one. <laughs> I was raised in Kansas, so. Okay, <laughs> I've yes. Here, I've been here for three decades, though, so it's, I, I, I've acquired another language, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that, yes. So here's my question. How do we pray for somebody that we don't believe may... Well, okay, I I better rephrase that. We're all God's children. God can open the eye of anybody. His first commandment says you must love him, but then he follows on to say that you must love your brother. Now... We've got some people right now, I can't help but say this, but I don't think they're working for God, and, and they're in our government, and, and it's scaring me. But then, too, we're in the last days, so I'm expecting these kinds of, of actions. When the Lord says you will know them by their fruit, are these people, if they are working for Satan, are these people that we're wasting our prayers on? Not that you could waste a prayer with God, but... You know what I'm saying? We do, Carolyn, and we appreciate We, uh, Alex, uh, we have the presidential prayer team that uh, is part of our lineup of those in between our, our segments that they take a minute and they pray for somebody in government. And, and I've talked to them personally, and you have as well, and they said we pray for them and ask, ask God to work his way in their life. We find evidence in the Old Testament and New Testament that God even uses lost people, even those that are in government that are probably uh, so far away from God, like Felix. Yeah. He sent uh, Agrippa and, uh, and Felix <laughs> sent Paul to Rome, and they paid the, you know, they paid the fee. Now, again, uh, that was them. They made that decision trying to get rid of Paul and out of their hair, but it worked for God's glory. So we, we, God is working. Uh, I, that's the confidence I have. That's the reason I can pray for these individuals. Well, and also compassion, you know, because I think about this, that, um, while there are people in government that I vehemently disagree with some of their positions, you know, Bert, I, I don't want them to go to hell. You know, remember in Jonah 4, verse 11, God uh, asked Jonah, you know, why are you sad? The Ninevites are having a great revival. Uh, shouldn't God asked Jonah, shouldn't I have compassion on these people? They don't even know their right hand from their left. And, you know, um, you say, well, why do you think so-and-so is unsaved? Listen, when you, when you legislate and all of your laws and the things you stand for are absolutely contrary to the Word of God— 
then you don't know the Lord. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, if you're if you're for all of the things that God is against, you know, and Luke 6, 46, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things I say? So I think there are a lot of people in government that are like Matthew uh, 7, 24. Jesus says, look, I never knew you. But here's the thing, Bert, here's how I pray for all these people, even people that I feel like are damaging our country. I pray for them to get saved because I don't want anybody to go to hell. And, and my heart does break for these lost people. And I know what will fix America is if people in all strata from Main Street to Pennsylvania Avenue for everybody to come to Christ. That's what would fix our Amen. nation, isn't it? It would. And so, Carolyn, pray for them to get saved. And uh, just pray for the godly people that are are in leadership that they would stand and they would stand strong. A lot of them are very, being very courageous these days, and I'm thankful for them. And uh, so that's that we pray for them, an extra portion of the Spirit of God. Thank you so much. Let's go to Iowa and talk to Lisa. Lisa, I got to ask, is it cold in Iowa? Oh, my goodness. In the single digits today, tonight it's supposed to be minus 15. So. That's, oh, bless uh, your heart. I, I have a niece up that way, and I, we keep up with their temperature, and that's what I knew. Uh, I hope it oh. warms up for you. But what's your question for us today, Lisa? Yeah, my question is, well, I disrespect um, your understanding and wisdom of Scripture and just would appreciate um, a comment about um, having women as overseeing uh, shepherds or like a shepherding, being on a shepherding board. Yeah. Alex, we get this question quite a bit, uh, women in leadership. Uh, let me just say some things. Uh, we find leaders that are women in the Bible, and but most of them, are connected with with a man somewhere. Deborah is one of those. Uh, yes, uh, Esther is one of those in the Old Testament. We also find in the New Testament, Lydia, uh, she seemed to have a lot of leadership for those God-fearers and Jews that were meeting on the creek bank, as I call it, because there was no synagogue in Philippi. Uh, and, and so they have their position. But Alex... The Bible makes it plain what is best, I think, doesn't it? Well, it really does. I want to encourage people to um, read 1 Timothy 2 and 1 Timothy 3. And see, right now there's a philosophy that's really trying to be imposed on everybody called egalitarianism. It's from the Latin word for equal. And egalitarianism insists that there are no differences between men and women. Now, uh, there are differences, obviously, not only biologically, but in the structure of, quote, the household of God, 1 Timothy 3.15. Now, uh, when it says that, uh, you know, a woman is not to teach or exercise authority over a man, it, this is not uh, some patriarchal thing, and Paul was anti-woman. It's the structure of God's church. And obviously, in personhood, humanity, image bearers, joint heirs with Jesus. Men and women are equal in salvation, in worth and value and dignity and humanity. In many ways, Bert, males and females are equal, but physiologically, biologically, 
and definitely ecclesiologically, in other words, in the church of God. And so for the, the denominations and churches that are, you know, ordaining women and making women senior pastors, uh, you know, really, honestly, the question becomes, are we going to follow the timeless Word of God, or are we going to be jumping on modern philosophical bandwagons? That's exactly and, right. I, I want to quote one of... We, we've started the new year, and if I'm not mistaken, we hadn't quoted too many of our favorites much, so I want to break that in. Dr. Adrian yes. Rogers, yes. he said, men are far superior than women at being a man. Yeah. And yes. women are far superior than men at being a woman and dare not mix them up in this age of what you just said. And let's just go ahead in transgenderism and all the things that are taking place. The word of God speaks. And, and we have that. You can go to the resource center at AFA, AFA uh, store.net and you can find that, uh, that uh, video, the, the Word of God, it speaks. God speaks. And, Alex, the Word of God is a sure word. It's not one yes. that flip-flops. Uh, it goes. And as you said, in our day, that what people's done with convenience and what they've done with what, you know, making people feel better about themselves, listen, uh, we go to the Word of God, and that's why we stand on it in love. And it is yes. good that we do that. It's best, isn't it? Well, it really is. It really is. And so, folks, continue on, if you would, reading in, in Proverbs 8 and 9 and 10. And uh, let's all, with the help of the Holy Spirit and for the glory of the Lord, let's try to build our lives, everything about us, on the wisdom of God's revelation. We do. Alex, hope you have a great, great evening. And uh, yes. we're, pray we're praying that Lisa will stay warm out in Iowa. All you folks. Uh, Bless your heart. Yes, it is cold. <laughs> Minnesota is just freezing cold, so stay warm. But thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. And we want you to tell people about Exploring the Word, but more importantly than that, we want you to tell them about Jesus. Jesus.